love you. Well, welcome back to the couch, ladies, men, and gentle folk all. Today is a very special episode because I am talking about. Well, I, I say I am talking. Yeah, about, I'm cutting you out of you. it entirely. I'm out of here. <laughs> Three strikes, they got me. I got. I'm, I'm. I'm just so excited because we're talking about baseball, and I fucking love baseball. So, you, you do, you do too. But you are not as no. In, I. I mean, I enjoy the game. I. I wouldn't say like I'm. Uh, a fan by any means as in like i don't right. have a team i follow i don't i really watch it but i, I really enjoyed the time i have spent playing baseball it's a very fun game. right yeah i really i really enjoy it i love the statistics behind it all the strategy the yeah. the, the skillsmanship the cheating there's so much cheating <laughs> <laughs> but i am an, an atlanta braves fan so uh-huh. know that going into tonight's uh tonight's fun fun little threesome that we're having here and it's also a special episode because uh tonight's threesome yes. is also another potato pick this is the Hooray potato hurrah. pick and you know we got a uh a turkey bagger for delma callahan here got yeah. three suggestions in a row this one was uh pretty well contended yeah she almost lost she almost lost so we'll see what happens next time thanks mom <laughs> <laughs> She's not. You're not getting special favors for being my mother. You won fair and square. I you hope did. and believe there you was did. no cheating behind the screens. I I left it to I left it to Instagram, <laughs> and it won. It won by one vote. Oh, nice. So, but if you want to be involved in the next one, you could always head on over to our Patreon at patreongreenandfaceless.com. That's who we are, by the way. I'm I'm the Green Traveler from Gorsh. Uh, it's. Uh, I'm sorry. I have to correct you so that they don't go to the the wrong page, but it's. Patreon.com slash green and faceless. There you go. But I've already introduced myself and I'm not doing it again. So you And <laughs> I am the faceless Leon. And this is a podcast about movies and TV uh, and baseball today. And baseball, baseball today. Indeed. Yes. And uh, again, I'm a huge lover of baseball and all three of these films, you know, uh, this is another, this is another one of those where I'm just kind of like, I'm hoping I'm not making people think. That my parents are are bad parents or anything, because all three of all, all three of these films were in my childhood, uh-huh. and it, it it amused me when I started. Uh, I watched Bull Durham a couple weeks ago when I was with them. Actually, uh, I went home to visit them, had a great time. We ended up watching Bull Durham because she had just recommended it and she was hoping it would win. And so you know, I was like, sure, I'll watch it with them, whatever. And as we were watching it, I was like, man, why did they let me watch this as a kid? <laughs> <laughs> And yeah, did they fast forward through scenes or something? Like no, see, see, that's the weird thing. They they censored Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom when he's <laughs> ripping the dude's heart out, but no fucking care for Tim Robbins screwing a girl in the locker room. Oh, like that's man. just fine. <laughs> yeah, that's fine. That's fine. What a strange I under- role too. I, is that what we're going to talk about first? Bull, Bull yeah, I kind of just. I kind of accidentally just dip dived right into Bull Durham, yeah. so yeah, I'm okay with it. Yeah, let's let's do it though. Um, so uh, th- this one, honestly, I have the w- will have the hardest time expressing what the plot is. 
So maybe okay, so you <laughs> should express what the plot. <laughs> all right, is. all right, I could do that. So it, it, there are three main characters really. There's Tim Robbins, a very young Tim Robbins, in my opinion. Uh, this movie came out in 1988. Uh, it's directed by Ron Shelton. But yeah, Tim Robbins, really young. There's uh, Susan Sarandon and Kevin Costner. And Kevin Costner looks super fucking young, but he's playing somebody who's supposed to be washed out. Yeah, and I mean, I don't know. In my opinion, he kind of looks a little older in this he looks, movie too. Like he I know does he's not, look but older than Tim Robbins. But like yeah. I mean, he's he pulls still off kicking, the sw- you know. Yeah. He looks about the but same, you, just a little older. You also Yeah, you also have to realize though in in baseball, yes, 30 yes. 35 to 40 years old is old. Yes. Like you're approaching the end of your career at those years. So he, and I think that's how old Kevin Costner around then was, like for an actor, you're yeah. nowhere near approaching the end of your career. But True. baseballers, you kind of hitting your physical peak around there and running, running, running out of steam. You gotta you you run your your body down uh, when you do it on the professional level because you're doing it so many times in a year. And uh, right, and baseball is like the longest it. of of most of the the extreme sports that uh, I say extreme sports. Most of the big major sports that. Americans, anyways, watch baseball is like the longest season because yeah. it's 162 games going from like April to October, and like you know most, I guess like football is like three three months or so, but that's like 12 games or 16 right. games or whatever. And like I'm clearly not a fan of most other sports than baseball. <laughs> that's <laughs> well, the only I, one I pay attention to. I uh, think that one reason why they might have more games or, or are able to have more games is that it is very much like you know you're not being inactive while you're waiting for a play to happen but mm. you know you you are there at the ready and then it's a yeah. sprint and then you go back at the ready other games it's like football for example you're crushing into people and that, right, that right. takes a lot of effort and then basketball, yeah. it's back and forth, back and forth the whole time. It's a lot of other sports are like that too. So yeah, but for a pitcher though, which is uh, oh, yeah. Tim Robbins' character, Tim Robbins is a young pitcher. That shit just kills your arm. Like you're oh, yeah. throwing that shit as fast as you can. Like the pitcher is the one who usually takes the most, <laughs> the most damage. And his catcher is, as we said, old approaching retired athlete Kevin Costner. And and so he Kevin Costner kind of comes in as like the mentor. You know, the coach brings him on to help straighten the team out. They're, they play for the uh, the the uh, what are the the Durham Bulls? The yes. movie's called Bull Durham, but the the team is Durham Bulls, and they're a minor league team for the Tampa. Uh, they're no longer the Tampa Bay Devil Rays. I was about to say the Tampa Tampa Bay Devil Rays, but they're the the Tampa Bay Rays now. Huh. The the Christians got them to get rid of that devil out of there. Oh, so. oh okay. But where did these guys play? Like, where is Durham? North Carolina, I believe. North Carolina, and that feeds into Tampa. Well, yeah, the 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 minor leagues, like, they're just it's all like a business, so it's kind of just like pinpoints across the country. Wherever we can have a team, it's crapshoot. I don't know any. I don't. I don't understand the business. I just love the game. <laughs> all right, I'll stop asking business questions about baseball. So, something I want to say about this this movie is that. Uh, I really felt like it took at least a long time for it to feel like the movie was about baseball. And yeah. <laughs> it really it really is more of a, a, a story about 
Annie Savoy, who is Susan Sarandon, and just how she likes to mentor and have a sex life with players. One player throughout every season. What, yes, one player throughout every season because she thinks she can help improve them. And her religion is baseball. And yeah. I, I can respect that. I can respect and that to an extent. But I was really expecting it to be a movie about baseball. <laughs> well, I mean, I mean, yeah, it's it's kind of both. It's it's a movie about baseball and a movie about romance. And it, yeah. it manages to handle both of those and have a good comedic atmosphere that's just so loosey-goosey and, like, you know, lighthearted that it really just pulls off a really good movie. Like, even though there's some questionable things about the message behind it, it's like, yeah, so. this is – it's. It's a fun and fancy free movie. I like it though. You like it. Um well, I'm sorry. I didn't really like this movie so much, I don't think. Oh um, man. But I I don't know what it was necessarily. Maybe I I mean, I didn't really get that many laughs out of it. The middle part I was enjoying it because Ebby Nuke whatever or Meat whatever you want to call him and crash they were getting they were starting to be friendly towards each other and i was like oh yeah okay, we, okay, we never team. we never compared actors to character names so oh, nuke sure. is tim Ro- yeah, nuke is tim robbins and crash is kevin costner <laughs> yeah yeah and, and crash always calls tim meat because he really is just like a meathead he is yeah they're well he's young oh he's like gosh. 20 years old yeah but he still is like He's that guy that will take anything as an insult and will want to fight you. And it's like, come <laughs> yeah. on, guy. Oh, man. But, you know, like, yeah. I feel like that's, like, kind of bled, been bled out of our culture a little bit since this movie came mm. out. But uh, I'm I, sure I don't know, because I, I feel like being residents of a town that is located with a college campus, I can 100% tell you that 90% of the dudes on college campus are meatheads. That's fair. <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> they're they're most certainly not bled out of our culture. They're bled out of our our circle that we keep. Oh, okay. Uh, I guess I'm just sheltered then. But he is definitely like that. He thinks with his lower head, not his his oh, actual head. Definitely. And I, yeah. you know, I think Tim Robbins did a, a good job playing this character. But man, I do not <laughs> like Abby. And but like at at some point, he's like, "Why don't you like me, Crash?" And at that point, I was like, oh, okay. Everybody wants them, wants somebody, everybody wants to be liked. And, yeah. and it's like, okay, I can, I can acknowledge that. And then yeah. the story turns to him getting called up. And at that point, I was like, okay, so then what's, uh, well, I happened to pause it and see that there was only like 10 minutes left. And I was like, <laughs> okay, then, then what happens the rest the rest of the movie because it, it it like that seemed like the climatic moment was gotcha. that, the argument in the bar and i i don't know i i just i felt think like you're missing what happened after that was not impressive to yeah me. yeah i feel like you were missing the point of the movie which was not the relationship between crash and nuke but the relationship between crash and susan sarandon whatever her name yes. was with Annie, yes, I, I I understand. Like, she always felt like in the movie that she should have gotten with Crash. That was the thing is she set both of them down because she didn't know who she wanted to choose, mm. and she was like, "I like Crash more because he is a much more personable person," and she really does enjoy that. But 
Tim Robbins is young and hot and full of heat and she wants to, you know, see how where that goes. And Kevin Costner wants nothing to do with that. And that intrigues her because, you know, she's always gotten her way and he's just like, right. no, nah, I'm out. And he just walked out. When a woman loves a man. <laughs> yeah, song, man. It's, not, like, it's not the greatest of messages <laughs> for it for a movie, but it's it's just that silly, like, little romance that happens between her and Crash that I like watching develop. Because, you know, even as she is mentoring Tim Robbins, she's like, this isn't what I want to be doing. You know, she's like, I'm I'm actually kind of ready to quit this and just yeah. have what crashes, you know. And I, I really like that because that's the climax is when they when they come together right after that fight. When Kevin Costner and Susan Sarandon realize that that's what they want. And they're just like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I just yeah. like that. I like that. I like that romantic moment when they when they come together at the end. Well, I'm sorry. I have to disagree. <laughs> I, I just I felt like I don't know. I don't know what it was about Annie that I, I I really thought Susan Strandon did a great job portraying the character too. I almost feel the same way about Ebby as as her. There there's something to relate to. It's just a character that's I don't know. I don't agree with their choices. So I, I <laughs> yeah. I I and I think that's that's it. I just yeah. I'm not a big fan of the characters. That's totally fine. I, I, I just – I kind of like just having – because quite often you have the male character, you know, like the the Barney okay. and How I Met Your Mother, the guy who's always going out and having like the one-night stands. It's nice having that female who's doing the same thing, who's just like, no, nah, I am in control of these situations. I am the one in charge of these relationships. Sure. Like I, I don't know. I like having that, that, that female character who's like, I'm going out there doing what I want, living my life. Sure. And then you know she finds she finds maybe her choices have changed after a while. She is definitely in control of the relationship, which I enjoyed seeing. Yeah, um, <laughs> how she tortures Tim Robbins. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. But he is obviously like he's meat. He's he's a puppy dog. Yeah. So he's just gonna do whatever she says and get tied up in bed. I mean, there is some crazy stuff <laughs> in this movie. Right. It's like, why did my parents let me watch this? <laughs> uh, you know, like, they like the only scene that I felt like was crossing the line, that barrier between PG-13 and R. I don't even know what this movie is rated, to be perfectly honest. But was the scene in the kitchen where she was trying to get Nuke to, to eat her out. Like that was that was getting pretty pretty close. I feel so weird talking about it, but <laughs> but that was um that was the closest to where to, for me for it crossing the line, and I was like, what? But there were still so many other scenes that I was like, man, this is really fucking close. So I I don't know I don't know I just it's not that I felt icky from watching this film I thought right. some of those scenes were great I just yeah. uh, I guess maybe I just wasn't expecting it I don't know yeah and I, feel I mean that's bad fair that I've been, I'm, I've been <laughs> on it because like it's not like I don't recommend it it's a perfectly oh, it's, enjoyable movie I yeah. just I don't know I just didn't drive with it's it. a cult classic yeah you got a bunch of you got a bunch of softball softball and baseball nerds like coming at you now we're all <laughs> they're all well, on your ass. there goes the show <laughs> <laughs> it's a steamy it's a steamy summer film uh, I'll just leave it <laughs> in my closing statement <laughs> it's it's very enjoyable it's 
I mean, I wouldn't say it's very enjoyable. It's definitely a dated film, but it, for a baseball film and also a romance, it handles both of those subjects in a way that's not overbearing for me, at least. Right. I really enjoyed how they handled it. Like that, there's a there's a scene where all the the infielders and Kevin Costner come into the mound because Tim Robbins isn't doing too well because his dad's in the stands and he's worried about that. The the third baseman's got an issue. He's like trying to figure out what he should get su- such and such person for their wedding gift. The first baseman's worried his baseball mitts glove or or his baseball it's, mitts yeah, cursed and cursed by his <laughs> yeah. There's there is some funny stuff with like the superstition of baseball. Yeah. <laughs> I did like that stuff. The stuff that was about the superstitious yeah. stuff because yeah, all athletes are super superstitious. Like, yeah. but especially in baseball, I've heard some crazy stories. <laughs> yeah, it's all about the stats, and when when you when you watch the stats and you you notice the dips, and you find out what the the bad luck were that caused the dips. It's like, oh, I cut my hair around then. Shit. All right, so you'll see a lot of pitchers who have long mullets because they won't cut their hair when they're having a good season. You know, it's like <laughs> that could ruin it. So it's it's ridiculous, and I, yeah, I just love that about this movie and. Yeah, I don't mind the romance. I think the romance is enjoyable, but I do say it's not for everybody. Like I recognize that going in because it is a it's a bit of a dated film in that regard. But I don't know. I think it's fun. It's worthwhile. Obviously, it's a cult classic, but I go up to two and a half stars for it because it's just it's a pleasing baseball flick. Yeah. If you like baseball, you like a romance. This is it. <laughs> I you know I can agree with everything you said. Uh, I know I ribbed on it, but just because it didn't jive with me doesn't mean that I don't think it's a full-face movie, because it is a full-face movie. Very competent. Uh, I felt just a little disappointed in the ending, I guess. I don't know. I was I was hoping for more. Because, like, I didn't... I wasn't driving with it at first, and then the middle part started building up for me, and I, and I was digging it. And then, I don't know. I felt like there was a way to tell the the story that they were going for with uh with Ebby and Crash and also tell the story with Crash and Annie. I, I just I've just seen love trying angle stories play out better. I, I guess is 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 right. it. Yeah, this one's very loose with it. Yeah. Very loose with its triangle. For sure. And I think it's mainly because you know it's not really a triangle because like Two of the two of the nodes just don't care about each other. They're just it's just right. sex, right? Yeah, <laughs> sex in the game. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and you, there's obviously some chemistry between Crash and Annie. So like, yeah, I don't know. For some reason, it just was not my jam. But it does not mean it's not a bad movie. It uh, that it is a bad movie, rather. I get it, man. Yeah. So from there, uh, from there, do we move on to the other Kevin Costner film or yes. the Odd Man Out? No, let's go to the other Calvin Costner game. I say game. For love of the game. I got every pain of Mountain Dew they got. I'ma give you a Mountain Dew. Welcome back. We went to concessions. Hey-hoo. I got me a box of Cracker Jacks. Which is seen in this movie. I got Wait. myself a $5 bottle of water. <laughs> <laughs> it is it is in for love of the game where they uh they uh isn't it yeah i think it is kelly preston's character who comes down like she's walking into the game with a box of cracker jacks right <laughs> isn't yeah. it th- this movie or is that major league it is this movie uh, i 
I think so. Uh, I, I think I, I think it is. There's one movie I can't remember which one it is either, but the the person who's like selling the Cracker Jacks just just sits sets the the thing down and just watches. Oh, it, it is this game. It's definitely this one because it's okay because it's the ninth inning. Yeah, yeah. Because I, God, that's I, so funny. I've never actually had Cracker Jacks. I've been in so many baseball games and like <laughs> oh, man, never Cracker, Cracker, Jacks Cracker Jacks. Pretty good. Nope, never had them. Well, such a such a like mainstream mainstream sport or snack for the sport, and I've never even tried it. Oh my goodness, it's weird. Well, you you're gonna have to sometime. Well, I'm vaccinated. I'm going back to games someday. Maybe next year. I don't know if I'm gonna be Get able to go back some this cracker year. jacks. And you know, <laughs> the I'll toys do nowadays probably aren't great. They're probably made out of paper. But yeah. you know. <laughs> we like yeah my dad always made sure we he didn't make sure we got we got cracker jacks but he would always no it wasn't my dad it was my great uncle jack whenever he would come visit my grandma he'd bring us cracker jacks oh nice <laughs> yeah yeah that's i mean well that's for the love of the game that's and i say it. for the <laughs> for the love of the game that's what your your, your uncle jack brought you I your see. great uncle jack for love of the game but uh for me but yeah, if you if you try to search the movie we're talking about, which surprisingly was a Sam Raimi movie, I did not really? realize. Did you see that? No, it's directed by Sam that. Raimi. Wow! And I could see it when I was watching. Oh man, I was rocked because they they show his name at the very beginning, where it's like they show the title. It's like for love of the game, and it's like directed by Sam Raimi. I'm like, I paused the movie. I'm like, Sam Raimi. Like, this is the same, like, Spider-Man Sam yeah. Raimi? Like, come on now. And I, like, had to search it. Like, this movie came out in 1999. I think Spider-Man came out, like, 2001 or something like that. Like, wasn't it early oh. 2000s? Yeah, right? So, yeah, you, right. you can you can see some of his style in here. Like, yeah, it, it's really weird. But, yeah, if you try to search for this movie on the PlayStation Store or on Amazon or, like, whatever you're going to try to find a rent to rent this movie with, it tried to autocorrect me because the movie's the movie's title is For, For love, love of the Game. And all of the search engines I tried to search for this movie on were like, do you mean For the Love of the Game? And I'm uh, like, nope. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I did. I wish I did, but I don't. <laughs> yeah, this is it, yeah, it was definitely messing with my brain. Like, I mean, what is there another movie called For the Love of the Game? Because like no. what <laughs> Why couldn't it be? Maybe, you know what? Maybe <laughs> they gave him the well, baseball and he signed it and, and he, <laughs> said he forgot the the. <laughs> Probably, right? And they're like, well, we're rolling with it now. I mean, it is it is a little superfluous. You don't need it. No, for yeah. love of the game does work. It, it just does. it just, just looks and sounds silly to me. For love of game. Do you want to uh, synopsize this one? Yeah, I sure. I sure can do that one. This one. Uh, even though it was told non-linearly, made more sense to me. So, <laughs> <clears throat> Kevin Costner playing uh, Billy Chapel for, um, I have forgotten the team that they're on. Detroit Tigers. The Tigers. He is pretty famous, one of the best. He has been recovering from an injury, mm-hmm. and in the meantime, he has had a relationship with Jane Aubrey, played by Kelly Preston. When we first meet her character, it's at the 
end of their relationship and they pepper in their relationship as it goes on. That's what I'll say is how right. this movie is structured. Well, yeah, I would say that it's it's set up around Billy Chappell's last game because he yes. is at his he's at the end of his career. He has to make a choice: do I want to retire or do I? Uh, he's having a mediocre season after his injury. Right. He's not been the greatest pitcher, so the Tigers are like, we have to let you go if we want to keep doing good for this season. Right, and that that so everything is structured around that final game. You know, we we have flashbacks to his relationship with Kelly Preston and how it develops Mm. throughout, throughout the innings, uh, you know, throughout the build up to the game, throughout the endings of the game. But I I will say, because it is a drawing feature for baseball fans, this is about a perfect game. That's, you know, it's, it's about how this pitcher is throwing a perfect game, which for non-baseball fans, that's when you literally don't allow allow anybody on the offensive team to reach the bait, the the first plate, you don't uh, you don't walk anybody, you don't hit anybody, you don't uh, you know nobody gets a hit. And then also you have to win the game, so you have your team has yeah. to score at least once. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, it, it, it's it's a really interesting setup because it's about how you know how your thought process, your what you're thinking about, can affect your game. And, you know, a lot of people think it it is about shutting everything out. But this movie kind of makes it seem like it's about letting a lot of that in. You know, it's 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 opening yourself up to a lot of what you what brought you there. And it's it's really interesting. I really enjoy how this movie looks at uh, a relationship and at the game. Yeah. It also very it's very psychologically close to Billy Chappell's character. Like you are mm-hmm. at the mound with him, and mm-hmm. I do really appreciate that about this movie. So I do want to mention great performance by John C. Riley as Gus Sinke. Yeah, Sinsky. Yeah, excuse me. Um, and, <laughs> and he's the catcher. So there's all three of these movies does. A, a great job of highlighting the relationship between the pitcher and the catcher, I think. So they didn't even want Gus to catch for him in this game. Mm. But he's like, no, dude, if I'm going to start, just do this for me. Let let, let Gus right. catch. Yeah, and, and the person who didn't want him to start was J.K. Simmons. J.K. I forgot Simmons, he was in this yes. movie. Yeah. Uh, he plays a he plays a great baseball coach. Yes. Uh. Yeah. What was he the the manager or just uh the head of the bullpen? I don't know what all the names are. Yeah. For. I don't. Yeah. I don't know specifically. I would assume he's. I, yeah. I don't really know. He could have been whatever, really. But he's you know he's a major coach like character in yes. the film. Yeah, and that's that's all that's needed to know. <laughs> <laughs> and at this level, when know. everybody's I don't know like, the titles either. <laughs> at this level, when everybody's an adult who has been involved in this game for their entire life, it seems to me that the the manager, though he demands respect from the team, he does get to treat the players as people, like you know, like. Like they they are the people he work with he works with he can go to right. a barbecue with them and, right. and hang out. 
Um, well, I mean, that's also the beauty of the sport too. Is like you know, you definitely have your teams that hate each other, right? But then there's there's some teams that like when you watch the game, like the you know one team's first baseman will get on base and the the defensive first baseman will be there and they'll just be chatting like, hey, how's your family doing? Like you know, they're just yeah. talking because they're all friends. Like a lot of them know each other because they all see each other throughout the year and. You know that's that's the beauty of the sport. They're all they're all friendly. It's just a friendly sport until they fight and throw fists. <laughs> until they call until they call the ump a cocksucker. Uh, <laughs> that was in Bull Durham, though. Was that the one that? Okay, so Susan Sarandon narrated in Bull Durham, and that was right. That was kind of fun. I did love her monologues. Uh, every one of them. Yeah, she's got a great laugh. narrating voice. And yeah, she does have a, a great voice for it. But the, I don't, it wasn't, this movie was not narrated. It was Major League that was narrated. So I guess I'll talk yeah. maybe more about it then if I remember, but probably not. We're talking about <laughs> this game. For love of game. For love of game. All the gushing aside, there are some things I really just don't right. like, like about this. And it's it just feels very emotionless at times. It is a two-hour and twenty-minute film. It's a long one. This is this is another baseball romance, hour and a half to an hour forty-five at best. There's so much of this where it's just like dead airspace where I'm just like I don't really care. Like right. uh, Kevin Costner's love interest, Kelly Preston, is a single mom. Beautiful, beautiful feature of this movie. I really like it. Yeah, but. There is a long scene where it's like him bonding with the girl and it's just like, it's a great scene, but it doesn't really add much to the relationship he has after that. It just gives him another person to rely on. It's just another, you know, right. he, he is friends with this, this, uh, his girlfriend's daughter and it's, it's nice, but it doesn't develop his relationship with the girlfriend much at all because she doesn't really no. see him bonding with her. No, I think that scene was was to cap off the other two scenes that he has with the daughter. Like the the right. first scene, like he she runs away and he just happens to be where she ran away too. So yeah. he he picks her up and takes her back home. That's the first time he met her, and I think. It, it's nice to just have this little story that's just because it really is about Billy. Yeah. Like, you know, yes, it, this is a romance movie, but it really is about his, his psychology and the way he plays the game and his connection to the game. So for that reason, I thought I, I really liked the last Heather scene, and you did say it was nice. Yeah, I mean, not none of the scenes do. Like, it's it is a good subplot, and again, as you said, it does add to his character. But I want it to add to his relationship because their relationship is so skittish at times and so right. on the edge, where it's like it's not going to work out. You know, I I do love how they both think on their relationship during that game. You know, because they, they cut to her at the airport and, you know, where she has to make the decision, do I get on the plane or do I watch the game? You know, it's like it, it's right. that beautiful little romantic decision. And like there's so many good scenes like that, but it's elongated. It's stretched yeah. out so much. We we add the subplot of the daughter, which, again, I do like it, but make it connect to the romance. Make it make it connect to the girlfriend and, you know, to the mom and okay. like. I don't know. I don't know. It just it, it would just add more to it and make it more a little more cohesive. And I wouldn't have minded the two hours and twenty minutes, right? 
but when but when you find out that she like she's a mother and she has a runaway daughter it's kind of out of the blue and i'm like oh she's it is that's right like, she is a mom i think that's it right. was for billy too and i and i right. thought that they would make more of a deal of that but they did not maybe that's just the kind of good guy that billy is like i said it really is about what billy thinks at the mound uh, but another another unnecessary thing an, another unnecessary scene in my opinion even though they mentioned his injury and all of that that whole injury and his recovery and and like going to the hospital it's kind of hilarious like i know you're supposed to feel sad but i was kind of laughing during <laughs> it a little bit <laughs> and it just feels very unnecessary again because it's just like he's already in his 40s and he's a pitcher like you don't have to have him chop off his finger. Well, he doesn't chop off his finger, but you don't have to have him have like a a woodworking injury like that. He could just have Tommy John surgery, which is something every fucking pitcher goes through pretty much. Right. Like when you get old, I don't know. They didn't build up him being a woodworker at all. It just kind of feels out of the blue that he's just working on wood. Right, wood, sure. And then, uh, I, I think oh, he was probably I gotta go just to hospital. doing a quick repair around the house. Thought he could yeah. do it. Uh, what it feels, what it feels like is oh crap. We did say that he had an injury. Huh. Yeah, what's the injury? He can cut his hand. <laughs> he can cut his hand. That's fine. Like, yeah. it just kind of felt like a, a shoehorn to, like, be like, oh, right, he is. He has to be going out. He has to He has to have a downfall somewhere along the line. <laughs> right. I got to say, I wasn't a big fan of the scene where he blows up on her. Like, I don't know. Right. Uh, just, like... I'm just very happy that it seems like at least the films we have been watching are going around that, like, oh, I'm mad and I'm a man, so I'm going to throw some shit. <laughs> I do want to say, though, about this movie, I don't know if you have a retort to that, but the non-linear aspect of this movie did really confuse me at some points. Oh, really? Yes, uh, because the scenes just kind of bleed into each other at, at times. To make it a good movie, the flashback scenes are connected to what he's thinking about in the present moment of the game. Right. But because of that, it makes it feel like it's the same day. And this might just be before I knew what they were doing that with with the nonlinear storyline. I was like, oh, now they're now they're in the past. And it just tripped me up towards the beginning. But after I figured you know, realized how this movie was playing out and that they weren't gonna leave that one game that's in the present mm. that's going to be the whole movie then i wasn't confused i don't know what they could have done to make it a little less confusing besides like a title card that said the date or something but mm. i feel like it would lose a little bit of that psychological feel yeah that, that, I, i'm happy that it doesn't have that but i can understand yeah. that it can't be confusing because there's i don't know you know i watched the flash tv show the the cw show like i've stopped watching it recent like since like season six or whatever sure but yeah whenever you whenever you bring in time travel even if it's just a flashback like whenever you do that it's gonna throw somebody you know and no i don't think anybody's done it better than lost and the reason lost can do it is because every time there was a flashback they led into it with that sound effect you know there was Mm -hmm. that that low rumble you know the <laughs> you know, and, and they could have done flashback. something like that too. Yeah, but that's the only reason Lost was able to get away with it. You know, that's why Lost flashback flashbacks are perfect, is because they 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 introduced them, and then they in, they introduced when we were going out of the flashback and back into the modern time with the exact yeah. same sound effect. So 
Yeah. Yeah. If they had done that with the flashbacks, maybe there would have like maybe he like looks into the lights or something and like gets blinded, and we have a whiteout to a flashback. But that might get that might get a little annoying after a while. <laughs> but yeah, I'm, I'm with you. They, it can it can definitely be be a bit of a throw. Uh, you know, for yeah. if you're if you're getting it, deep it into the moment for for a hot second, but. Uh, after that, I got into the movie. I I really enjoyed watching yeah. it, um, and this one yeah. seemed like it was more about baseball to me than Bull Durham. Yeah, it definitely it definitely is. And uh, for that, I do like it more than Bull Durham. Uh, I respect Bull Durham's cult following because uh, so many people love it, and I understand why they love it. But it is a bit of a <laughs> bit of a an adventure to go into. <laughs> yeah. I'll say. Yeah. I mean, I feel like anytime <laughs> but, you watch an older movie, you got, you got to expect that. Not that there was anything necessarily that upset me about that movie. There really wasn't. Mm. Susan, like I said, like we both said, Susan Sarandon's character was in control of the situation <laughs> right. all, all the time. So, yeah. well, anyways, let's I just closing like statements about for love of the game. For love of game. For love of game. For love of game. Uh, I I enjoy it. I give it. A, I also give it two and a half stars. It's not. You know, I love a good romance, and this is nowhere near, in my opinion, a good romance. It's it's a decent romance. It's, yeah. it's enjoyable. As a baseball movie, it's pretty darn good. You it's know, I really enjoy. Yeah, I really enjoy it as a sports movie. Uh, you know, I I enjoy the perfect game kind of focus on something. You know, there's there's yeah. that. There's that edge. Whenever you hear the crack of a bat, you're like, oh, shit, is it over with? You know, it's like, fuck, does he still yeah. have it? Is it a hit? And, you know, I, I like that. And, you know, seeing him interact with the teammates who help him keep the perfect game alive, right. you know, those yeah. are great moments, too. You have flashbacks to his relationship with his his fellow team members, even people who were traded. There was like, there's a sad, it's not bad, sad, it's like bittersweet kind of relationship with a with a guy who was traded from the Tigers right, to the Yankees. Yeah. And you know, there's a lot of good moments. I like the I like the setup of it. I do enjoy this movie. I don't think it is the best Kevin Costner baseball film for whatever reason my mom didn't suggest the best Kevin Costner baseball film. <laughs> I, I was going to wait until I, when we introduce the next movie. I was going to be like and now we're going to listen to Not Filled of Dreams. <laughs> right i was gonna yeah i'll i'll let i, I could let you dive into that more because like I, your anger made me realize because i didn't even think it about it because i just i don't know if anger is the right term but it <laughs> just was confusion like some kind of dissonance in my brain like when i looked up what these movies were about because to be perfectly frank i haven't watched a whole lot of base of uh, excuse sports movies in general so I didn't really know these two movies. So when I looked them up and I saw they were Kevin Costner, and I was like, "Is he in Major League?" And then he's not. And I'm like, "Then why not feel the dreams?" It just seems like the obvious choice. She'll probably blame it on me. She'll she'll be like, "You told me not to do feel the dream." <laughs> did I you? I don't. No, I don't believe I did. I don't remember. <laughs> I just remember mom was like, what am I going to choose for the next potato pick? And she's looking around on the shelf. And I remember she chose Bull Durham and for love of game. 
And I remember my brother from like out of the room was just like, Major League. And she was like, that's a good one. And yeah, so I don't. Yeah, I'm blaming it on my brother. Hey, so hey tossing you know, him under, though, tossing it, him it under the bus there. It was layers for us. You know, it, it can't just yeah. be all Kevin Costner baseball movies. I, I would have gotten bored, let's be honest. Like, I would have watched Field of Dreams first, and then I would have watched probably Bull Durham next, and then just been like, all right, I'll plod through For Love of a Game. Yeah. And I would have looked at For Love of Game and saw it was two hours and twenty minutes and been like, "Fucking Christ!" Like, yeah. <laughs> that's my that's my biggest one. hit. That's my biggest hit on this movie. Is there's it is long and there's so much time where I'm just like, Bleh, "Well, on. I really enjoyed it. I, honestly, I, I give it a full face. I really did like this movie, uh, and I mm. and I do recommend it. But it's also not the greatest movie in the world I, i'll say that but it, right. it's a pretty good baseball movie and i'm still just like flipped out that sam raimi directed it like it yeah, still it surprises me. me i see his style in the flashbacks i think his, how he handled the flashbacks i know it's it's based off a novel by michael shara or shara it's s-h-a-a-r-a so i don't you know double a situation i don't know how we go about that as we as all the potatoes know Asking me about names is the wrong idea. <laughs> I, I know that I know the novel has, I think, the same setup, but I don't know. That's where I saw Sam Raimi's style the most was how he structured the, the storytelling. You know, it felt it felt very lively. Right. And that's what I'll say about that, I guess. That's what we'll say about that together. We're a team, Greg. Okay. Hell yeah. I didn't know if you had more to say. I didn't want to close on, on your words. Oh, well, I don't know. I think we definitely said everything that I wanted to say about this. Uh, Brian Cox is in this movie. He's the owner. Gary Wheeler. That's all I'll say. That's the last word about For Love of Game. For <laughs> uh, Love of Game. Oh, oh. Daniel Day Kim is in it, too. Uh, from Lost. Uh, oh, uh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, he's the doctor, remember? For just one <laughs> second. <laughs> I remember Kevin Costner. It. Yeah, Kevin Costner cuts his hand and they take him to the hospital and he's the emergency doctor. He's like, can I help you? <laughs> I'm just like, oh, why aren't you a bigger character? Why uh, isn't he bigger today? He's amazing. Right. He is, Hawaii. but he's in Hawaii Five. Well, he was in Hawaii Five O. Yeah, I don't if, know. He's if in only now. Hawaii Five O, the relaunch, the rehawaiianing, took off. Yeah, you well, know? I mean, I think it like did like five or six seasons. Like it did pretty well. Did it, it just it didn't. <laughs> yeah, it just it didn't intrigue us, man. Like, all right, really, I'll do it for the did. faceless pitch. All right, all right, that's a good idea. Speaking of pitchers. We've all, we've been speaking of pictures forever. We've been speaking of pictures the whole time. Ricky Vaughn. Yeah, wild Charlie thing. Charlie Sheen. Um, oh, man. This is, probably is my favorite Charlie Sheen role. I can't... I've never really? seen Platoon, so... He, 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 what about Hot Shots? Oh, man, I don't really care about, about Hot what? Shots. What? You didn't like Hot Shots? It's what about Hot Shots Part 2? Did you watch Hot Shots Part 2? Uh, I think we started Hot, Hot This is my story of Hot Shots Part Do. We're watching Hot Shots Part Do, and I don't know uh, if that's actually. I don't know French. <laughs> it's two. I think it's two. Is it okay? I, I was like, 
I think you're right. I don't know. Fuck it. Uh, well, somebody will correct us. And it's like you pronounce the 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 X. Oh, you idiot! It's dicks. Hot shots part dicks. <laughs> uh, but but I remember watching it on like cable or something, and there's this scene at um a bar or something, and somebody's. It's not even a burlesque show. She's just singing. But all right. the guys are like, ooh, and my stepmom got <laughs> mad and turned it off. So that's my experience with that movie. It is, they are very tasteless films. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and Major League, Major League is like borderline tasteless. Like, yes, there's... yes, definitely. There's a little bit of that, uh, especially concerning Rachel Phelps, played by Margaret Whit- Witten, the, the yes. owner of the, the franchise. And there's a lot of other stuff, too. That's not like a sexual thing, like like yeah. the the team name and mascot in general. Yeah, well, that's that's real life too. So I don't yeah. want to. I'll come out and say I'm not going to hold any racist things against this movie, seeing as the Cleveland Indians are a team, a real life team, and at the time Chief Wahoo was still their mascot. I, I believe he is no longer. I believe they've gotten rid of him as their their icon and. I mascot. think I read something as I was watching it that they are considering changing it for the next season. Their name. Oh, but he's still. Yeah. But he, oh, okay, the name. Oh, gotcha. I don't know. I wouldn't be upset if you know the Atlanta was to change their team name, but the Cleveland Indians. I do. <laughs> I do think that. I I I hope that they do change it because, like, I mean, we just all know that it's at this point. I feel like that it. Yeah. They never were the, the the peoples, the native peoples of America never were Indians. Yeah. And so I don't fault this movie for having those issues. Uh what I do fault it for is one character played by all states, <laughs> Dennis Haysbert. Uh he plays uh oh man, what is his name? Uh, uh, uh Pedro 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 uh Serrano, I think, is how you would Pedro say. Pedro Serrano, yes, yes, and that that is uh, there's some offensive jokes in there. I would say, uh, yeah, I probably with the voodoo. I don't know. I don't know how, if the voodoo stuff is accurate. Like, there's probably some stuff with the accent work that's probably he. I think he played the role pretty well, and I, I still got some laughs out of it, even though I do yeah, think yeah. that it's probably inappropriate. I do want to say one positive about the inclusion of his character is that it does seem that this movie has a very small, slight message of rig- religious tolerance. Because yeah. the the at least for me, the manager is such a positive character, even though he's a little gross. I can't remember. <laughs> I think it's Lou Brown is the character's name. There's this other character, one of the other pitchers, who uh, is... C- constantly getting on pedro for practicing his religion in the locker room because he's a christian and uh he comes in and says ah knock that shit off and you don't start a holy roar in the locker room (laughs) and i'm like okay all right i like that they did that because i thought it was gonna become like they're bullying pedro for patrick practicing because that would be even worse than than the the characterized practice of of a different religion yeah that is that is one beautiful thing about major league is they they understand that one of the great things about baseball is diversity 
Yeah. There's a lot of it in baseball. And so I, I agree with you. I like that they didn't attack him for having a different religion. And they, they also attacked the one guy for being religiously intolerant because yeah. he has yeah. some, some really bad things happen to him every time he does it. And I love it. <laughs> <laughs> yes. There's one point when they're on the airplane and uh uh all of a sudden Pedro does the Catholic cross <laughs> and he says, Oh, now you come running to him. He's like, Well he he knows the difference and then he straightens out his magazine and you see it's a hustler. <laughs> <laughs> there you know, this uh, movie is pretty pretty uh pretty goofy and, and yeah, you know, and it's great to have movies like that. I, I guess I don't that there, I don't have a negative spin on that. There's just mm-hmm. there are some things in this movie because it's dated that feel wrong, but it is <laughs> yeah. very diverse, positive, as you said, and I appreciate that. Like my favorite character is Willie Mays Hayes. That's the best shit. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Wesley Snipes as Willie Mays Hayes is fucking great. Like, like I love so him. So funny, man. And he has to prove himself too because they're all like this guy. We're going to toss him out, you know, like yeah. day 1 he they just kick invited. him out. <laughs> yeah, he just he wipes them all away with no shoes on and his pajamas and they're just like, "All right, get that guy in a uniform. He's yeah. he's fast. Like yeah. <laughs> he's going to steal all the bases for us." And he's he just has one flaw. That's that's the great thing about the another great thing about this movie. I, I say Willie Mays Hayes has one flaw. They all have one flaw. Yeah, and that's the fun is watching them all conquer their flaw. Like yeah, watching yeah. them all grow as a team together and overcome the one thing that each of them just can't do. <laughs> like I love it. It's uh, this this movie is considered by many baseball players and fans as like one of their favorites. And there's a it's lot a of running jokes. Yeah, there's a lot of running jokes that are found in baseball that come from this film. You know, it's just it's great shit. I just I I love the character work too because you know they the the chemistry between everybody, even though it's a comedy movie, they all play off each yeah, other really well. They do they do great? I mean I mean you can't make comedy work without chemistry. Um, there's yeah. so many shows I've watched that they think that they're funny, but the characters don't seem like they like each other, so it's not fun at all. Like, and it's not like, so you can have characters hate, hate each other in a show, but if the, if the actors don't like each other, I don't know. Sometimes it works if they're good actors, but if they're not getting along on set, (laughs) you can usually tell and it's not funny. So, right. I don't think we ever actually talked the plot of this one. So I mentioned Rachel Phelps. She inherits the, the ownership of this team and she decides that she'd really like to move to Miami, but she's kind of shackled to this team now. So she wants something to happen so that she can move the team to Miami, but she has a contract with the city. So she decides that she wants to try to make the worst professional major league baseball team (laughs) that she possibly can. But her mistake, I think was hiring Lou Brown, I think that was her mistake in the plot was hiring him on because he's actually a good coach and he whips all these strange ass characters into shape (laughs) and it's it's really great. Yeah. It's, it's really funny because you watch like Charlie Sheen's character going from being a convict who doesn't like sleeves to being like, he's, he's like an up, you know, he's got his 
preppy little cap. He's got glasses on. He's got long sleeves because it's kind of cold outside. Yeah. <laughs> he goes from being the wild thing to pitch perfect thrower because he gets glasses. Like, I love that shit. <laughs> yeah, his storyline in particular is pretty funny. Right. But it definitely is that kind of comedy movie where the writers, like anything went. They just took everything and they just threw it all at you. Like there's so many jokes that make me laugh a lot and are immediately followed by a joke that just really fell flat. I'm like, all right. Yeah. Okay. That's, that's right. <laughs> and, <you know? laughs> I did want to talk about Tom Berenger, Jake yeah. Taylor. And the romance that they try to portray in this movie. Yeah, the worst quality of this film. Yeah, he's basically a stalker. Ruins this relationship with his ex-lover that he hasn't... Because he went into the International League, too. And he he worked in Mexico for quite Mm. some time. And then he comes back and expects that she just will come right back. It's really gross. And he like breaks into yeah. her house like at least three times. Plus when he when they were together, when they had a strong relationship and he was playing the major leagues, he cheated on her yeah. many times apparently. Many times. <laughs> it's implied that he right. you know, wherever he went, he was basically cheating on her. Which is also implied in other relationships in this <laughs> in this movie. It's a very common yes. common theme upon among major league relationships according to Major League. <laughs> well, you know, it is that like rock star thing. Yeah. You know, like Yeah, they are everybody knows me. It's so easy. It's like they're throwing it at me. How can I say no? And it's bullshit. Right. <laughs> it is. It is bullshit. But, but uh yeah. Anyhow, I, I don't like their relationship at all. I think they could have just left that out of the movie and it would have been fine. Yeah, hundred uh, percent agree. Because t- where Tom Berenger's good quality of story comes in is his reaction, or like how he leads the team, how he brings everybody right. together. Because you know Lou Brown, the coach, does a great job getting them all in shape and all in line, and Tom Berenger does a good job at making them all work together. Right, and that's great. If they had just focused on that as his developing character moments, that'd have been fine. But they decided that his development's going to come through his romantic interest, which involves destroying a great relationship that she's gotten yeah. with a with a man who really does like her and is willing to be with her. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he was an asshole too, but he was an asshole to a guy who cheated on her in her past. Yes, like that's true. You're right. You're right. If we were to put it in his perspective, if the movie was from his perspective, yeah. he's not an asshole. He's just yeah. Because like if. Let's say if if your wife had an ex-boyfriend who cheated on her many times and he comes over and your wife's like, I just want to be like friends with him. Would you – you would try to be kind but at the same time, you're not going to give that guy a motherfucking inch because you're like, no. you mistreated the person I yeah. fucking love. You're like- right. <laughs> you're right. Yeah. But since we only see it from Jake's perspective, it looks like he wants to have a dick contest, you know? Yeah. But – God, Jake, Jake, you shouldn't have done it. You, sh- you shouldn't have done all that stalking <laughs> and all that breaking and entering. Yeah. You shouldn't have done that it. That shit's creepy. Yeah, yeah he really follows is. her at one point, too. He's like, he sees her in the stands. He's like, yeah, I chased you home. <laughs> okay. <laughs> in the, uh, in like, like their promotional baseball mobile, though, well, that part yeah. was pretty funny. I was like, he's going to go stalk her again? And... It- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, take the bullpen car. 
Oh, yeah, it's shit. ridiculous. Well, are you ready? Uh, yeah, I'm. I'm ready and willing. You, just as the other two, I give it two and a half stars. Yeah, no <laughs> three uh, strikes for any of them. No, yeah, they're all they're all decent films. Like this one, as as we've mentioned, I had issues with it. There are some jokes that fall mm-hmm. flat, and Tom Berenger's character, I really just do not like anything about his story except for the fact that he helps the team come together. But, but I like Willie Mays Hayes and I like Charlie Sheen. Definitely. I don't know why I did that that way. Wesley Snipes and wild (laughs) thing, you know, (laughs) but (laughs) another great aspect though that we didn't even talk about, but was Bob Wecker as the commentator. uh, commentator. He's constantly drinking up there. (laughs) Constantly drinking. And like, you know, one of the jokes my brother and I love is when when you first get Wild Thing, he's like, "Well, Wild Thing is thrown ball number four. There's ball number eight, ball number twelve. <laughs> just constantly just missing the plate, not doing a great thing at all. I just love that shit. There's some good jokes and great cast. Like so many people that I just was not expecting. Like I forgot Wesley Snipes was in it. Forgot Dennis Haysbert was in it. Like the only person I remembered was Charlie Sheen. And like I do even remember Tom Berenger was in it. The the director also, uh, David S. Ward, did Down Periscope, which I think I showed oh, you yeah. and like Is that the one with um Kelsey Grammer in it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, I like that one. That's funny. Uh, okay, I, I couldn't remember if you liked it or not, because I think that was one of those where like it was a late night and we'd finished it and you're like, huh. Okay. I think <laughs> I at the like, end right. I was like, huh, okay. But I th- thought there were some pretty <laughs> funny bits and from start to finish. Right. Uh, I I enjoy Kelsey Grammer. I always I I growing right. up I thought Frasier was pretty funny and but I could never yeah. get anybody to watch it with me. It was <laughs> one of those comedies from my childhood though that I watched a lot of and now that I rewatch I'm just like, huh. It's not as funny. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, shit. Secret review of Frasier. Major League. I'm with you. I still give it a full face. I would just say be wary of some of the age stuff in it, you know? But I think if you like the humor of that era, it's a good one to throw in there. There's definitely movies that I'd like that have the same humor, but cross Mm -hmm. the line too much that I'm like, I I won't recommend. So, right. uh, it's a full face movie. I enjoy it. I recommend it. There's just things. There's just things. Yeah. You're going to have There's anything. Just things. You're going to have that with any movie that came before 2010, even yeah. the ones <laughs> right. after. So, especially that late, late 80s, early 90s time period. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Well, so who wins? Who, who takes home the pennant? And- it's it's really fucking hard because like I appreciate Bull Durham. I like yeah. it because that's the one I've probably seen the most and the one I would probably return to the most. Hmm. Okay. But in regards to like enjoying the movie more, even though it's two hours and fucking twenty minutes for love of game, like it's I gotta give movie. it to that one. Yeah. yeah. I don't like it. I don't like it that much, and it was like <laughs> all three of these are kind of tied to me. Like they're they're all pretty level. But that one is the better baseball game and a more intriguing romance. Yeah. And, you know, I don't – I don't – I wasn't, like, too over the moon about Kevin Costner's acting in that one. I think he's a better actor in Bull Durham than he is in For Love of Game. I can agree with but, that. But 
But he's not yeah. bad. It's it's not like he's bad. Yeah, he's not he's not bad. He just doesn't seem like really into the movie. It kind of just seems like he, he was like, "You really want me to be in another baseball movie <laughs> again?" Right, I guess. Yeah, gosh. <laughs> I can't I'll fucking get another do it. Like, save my life. <laughs> yeah, I'll just to fucking throw the fucking ball again. I guess. All right, let's do it. And, you know, it's it, it's it's good. It's just yeah. I don't know. I I don't, I don't want to choose it, but I couldn't choose the other two. I'm with you. Uh, I it's not that I didn't want to choose this movie. I honestly think that I did have the most enjoyment out of this movie. Like I think it had the most cinematic impact for me too. Hmm. Uh, but I do agree that his acting was more on point in Bull Durham. I just didn't like the plot of the movie. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, so I'm gonna give it to this one. The, I think the comedy's still great in Major League. Uh, there's this. For love of the game, really, it does not have a lot of humor in it. The other ones do have more humor, but I still, I still give it to this one. Uh, Sam Raimi did a great job. He made a good baseball movie that only confused me a little. Right, but I don't, I don't recommend Sam Raimi to go back to the sports uh, no, genre. Yeah, like yeah, keep, Dude. keep doing horror and action. Yeah. Like I'm enjoying that shit, I'm digging that for sure. Just, uh, you did a good job. You had a little foray into the to this like weird little niche audience, but uh Yeah. Mom, why didn't you choose? Oh, yeah, the why didn't you <laughs> <laughs> oh shit. Hey, there is uh an actor in Major League named Corbin Burnson who played Roger Dorn, who I don't remember that character at all. Uh was that the rich That was character? the one who yeah, the one who didn't want to hurt his face. Okay, yeah. Well, that's my brother's name. I don't know if I should say that, but I did. <laughs> You're pinpointed now. The government's yep, figured out know. your secret identity. They know who I am. Well, I You're mean, screwed. they already knew because I don't have a face. Yeah, but I thought we were hidden, right? Like, they they can't find me. What? My house is, like, shielded in aluminum. I thought we were, like... Hiding uh, away from are you telling me they they so they've known where I've lived. I this thought you said time. don't use a VPN. <sighs> <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> now I gotta move again. Uh, uh, I thought I was safe. That's our show, well, I think. Yeah, I've been the green traveler from Gorsh. And I am the faceless Leon. I want to give a special thank you for our potatoes, especially our potatoes who have joined us on Patreon. Uh, we love you guys so much. Uh, we want to keep on doing this for you. And you recommend it. We'll vote on it. We'll make yeah. an episode. It's, it's as easy as that. And I think when this one comes out, it's day one of the new choices. So you can go out to the Patreon, to All our right. Patreon page. Subscribe, and you should be able to vote for the next threesome we do for August. Hell yeah! I believe this yeah. is coming out on this is coming out July first. I believe so. Day one of voting has started. Everybody, You're get right. out there and You're right. Get out there and vote for the next exciting threesome. Hell yeah! So to do that, you go to Patreon.com/slash Green and Faceless. We got uh, tiers starting at two dollars. Going up higher if you think we deserve it, or if you think you deserve a t-shirt with our logo on it, or even a mug, if you want to be part of the couch kartoffeln, which are just couch right. potatoes. It's not scary, I promise. I've been the faceless Leon. We've already done that. Oh, we did? <laughs> uh, 
safe travels and good night. <laughs> Green and Faceless on the Couch is a proud production of Fiction Works 19. If you like the show, please show your support by rating and reviewing us on Apple Podcasts. Like, follow, subscribe, wherever you might listen. We also now have a Patreon account. If you feel so inclined to support us in a financial manner, please become a patron by visiting patreon.com slash greenandfaceless. You can also find more information about us on our Facebook account or on the FictionWorks19 Instagram account. Thank you so much for listening.